Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Hello and welcome to Warlando. This is Adam. Hey, and this is Mark. And this is Nicholas. How you doing, fellas? Yay, not too shabby. Not too shabby. How are you guys doing? I'm also not shabby. Uh, Excellent. A little shaggy, but not... Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) We'll we'll go with that. A little shaggy, you don't have to go, it wasn't me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Well, what a what a few weeks of uh, man, like games and new releases and uh, all sorts of excitement, huh? Yeah, it's been a really busy time. Like, I feel like Warhammer or and Games Workshop is just like churning out the new releases. There's just so much stuff that they're putting out in such a hor- like I can't catch my breath. There's so much yeah. new stuff coming. Oh yeah, it's 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 absolutely incredible. And and like the new model releases that they're putting out. Yeah. The last time we recorded was right after the Marathi book came out, and already mm-hmm. we've got a new Daughters of Cain book right after that, which I'm I'm not I'm not complaining, but like yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't have time to catch my breath, like just learning the Marathi stuff, and then bam, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's like here's everything, get it ready, so uh, you know once we can get vaccinated and get this thing hopefully behind <sighs> us, the floodgates are open for all the gaming. Speaking of getting vaccinated. Oh yeah, Nicholas. Yeah, you got I it. I got vaccinated. Wow! Awesome. Congratulations. You look well, really good you. for a septuagenarian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what it's felt like this past year. No, that's so so yeah. awesome that you were able to get the vaccine. I can't wait for my chance to get it too. Yeah, me, and me too. I I I can't wait till you guys can get it. Um, Florida opened up to. Um, like highly vulnerable people. And I know a lot of people don't think of asthma as something that is like highly vulnerable, but for something like this, it is. Yeah. This it's like, yeah. this is a respiratory oh, yeah. and it I, just makes people with asthma just, you know, that much worse. So, so I mean, like, like the inability to breathe, not being <laughs> critical, <laughs> Right. Oh yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah. Yes. So great you were able to get it. Yeah. And uh, I th- it was it was kind of funny because I was thought I, I just thought like man you know like when is this going to happen I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. too optimistic and all of a sudden and that's the thing like without warning right well I mean I say it without warning but it just seems like everything was just just going so slow. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hey, now we've opened it up to this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. Now now it's like, OK, let's see. Let's do this. Yeah. So hopefully that means just around the corner, they're going to open it up to everybody. Yeah, so, that's going to be great. Good. I hope so. Yeah, I can't wait. I seriously can't wait. I know there's a lot of like vaccination people that are like conspiracy theory people, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's no way the threat of the of the vaccine is worse than the threat of this virus. Mm-mm. You know, worst case scenario, if there are some side effects, I bet they're going to be 
minuscule. And we and people would be sounding the alarm in a big way if there were going to be major side effects. And there's that's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's that's great news. It is. Feels like back to normal tabletop in-person play is just just past the horizon. You know, it's just we're, it's almost in sight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not out of the woods, but hey, True. we're getting there. Right. And I think we were talking about this the other night after our D&D game that, uh, um, you know, Dragon Con, I, I don't know if that's scheduled for the normal time of year. Um, Labor Day weekend. But uh, I know uh, Crucible is scheduled for kind of normal time. So, I, and I feel like after the summer is probably when it's going to be like, okay, now we can start doing these things again. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know people don't like to put a time to it, but that's what I'm feeling. That's my yeah. feeling. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, unless you're in Texas. <laughs> well, Texas is just, let's go. Yeehaw. Yeah. Open the doors. <laughs> right. It's really the wild west. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, all politics and all kinds of other shit. Put that shit aside. Let's talk Warhammer. Uh, yeah, Warhammer, D&D, gaming. Here we go. This is Yeah, we've had lots of it. Yeah, we have. We've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I love it. Yeah. I say a lot. I love it. Once yeah. once a week is like we've been consistently getting a game in. Yeah. once a week with like maybe one exception we've been consistently getting in yeah. our game once a week which is fantastic that's pretty good i mean our, what our last campaign I, i'd have to say we were pretty consistent on and that lasted man how, how many years <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah we were at that for yeah, a while no, it's gonna be good and you guys have been working on your uh, i've been seeing uh, you guys have been working on your mega gargants oh yeah yes we have man i love this model oh I absolutely awesome. love it oh man just the level of detail that's in it it's absolutely incredible and, and to think that it it, it was printed it, yeah. it, it's absolutely incredible absolutely incredible the future is now yeah mm-hmm. it is oh yeah yeah, I think that we're gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm curious to see how miniatures companies handle it as 3D printers continue to get better and better. If these mm-hmm. miniatures companies, how they adapt their business model to meet this new competitor. Yeah. I, I just saw someone today on uh, Facebook complaining that they didn't want to spend fifty dollars to get five models, and they they were they would take whatever knockoff. 3d printable print file they could find rather than spending mm. that $50. So that's got a, that's, that's a reality that companies like games workshop and Reaper miniatures, those other companies have to like figure out how they're going to deal with that. Right. Yeah. People are, people are willing to, I mean, I, I know like GW is just probably raking it in at the moment, but you know, it's gotta be a little scary or a little worried, you know, a little concerning because people will give up on quality if it's more easily accessible. Yeah, absolutely. If you can, I mean, we've seen that with the internet, right? We've seen that with like, you know, just people, you know, making 
shit on, you know, TikTok and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, it's not as polished maybe as, you know, something mm-hmm. that gets syndicated mm-hmm. and released and, and all, you know, whatever produced by the, you know, one of the few big broadcasters, but people are like, well, I don't have ads or I don't have to pay for it or whatever, you know? Yeah. Just yeah that's it. a big sell. That's a big selling point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can see that with, with 3d printed models, just, uh, people going like, but what I think that also means is that you're going to get a lot of independent people coming up as well, you know, designing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so we're going to see stuff that is as good and even better sometimes than like GW and some of the other top model makers, because like the people that make that stuff are also real people that have hobbies and there's other people like them that are going to make 3d models and they're going to be printable and people are going to get them, you know? So it's just, it's going to be crazy. Be crazy. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I, cause I, I still have this love for games workshop and everything that they've given us. And I think I still see myself being connected to them, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, as these models, these 3d printed models get better and better. Um, and yeah, like you said, the printers themselves are going to keep getting better and better. I, I think that, uh, they're going to have to find that right price point to keep people invested in buying their miniatures you know, I, I think there will be a swing in the pricing over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, but in the meantime, you've been painting your giant. I've got a, a Mega Gargan I'm working on, and I'm really, really happy with the quality of how these came out. Smaller miniatures, when I try to print smaller miniatures, yeah, they've been inconsistent on this type of printer that I have, the Creality Ender 3 Pro. Um so this really has a hard time printing smaller miniatures, but big pieces like these giants, uh, I'm yeah. really happy with how they've been coming out. Yeah, I've noticed. That. So yours is, I mean, just not just right on with the uh, uh, the big pieces, the terrain pieces too. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really yeah. happy with the terrain I've printed. I can't yeah. wait for you guys to see all this terrain I've printed. Oh man, I know, right? <laughs> we'll post We're, post some pictures. I'll post some pictures. I've got like yeah. massive amounts of terrain that I've printed, like dungeons and fort walls and city gates and stuff that that that's great yeah it's ready to go awesome yeah so that's yeah that's the uh yeah the other printers are going to come out and they're going to get better and possibly Mm -hmm. even cheaper as that Mm -hmm. like competitive market happens as more and more people start making these printers i really Mm -hmm. do think five to ten years from now everybody's going to have a printer oh Yeah. yeah Everybody like it's going to be like, I remember as a little kid when people started getting VCRs to date myself age wise that I remember when we got our first VCR and it seemed like that was right around the same time. This was like when I was a kid, this was like 1981 that people started getting VCRs and it was like, what are you going to do with that? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what people said at the time. Like, what are, what are you going to do with something that can video record? Meanwhile, my dad ended up like recording all kinds of TV shows and he had this VCR. He had two VCRs and he was recording on like two different TVs at once. So he could like when he wanted to, he could go back and watch the TV shows that he didn't get to watch live. And so he'd watch one and record on another. And he had this whole (laughs) like, yeah, he had this giant library of video cassettes that he had cataloged. He had this like 
actual library of all these different movies and stuff that he had recorded. It was huge. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's awesome. Yeah, nobody saw the VCR coming, and then everybody had one. Oh you yeah, know, like no one had a microwave, and then all of a sudden, can you imagine life without a microwave? <laughs> no. I think that. Yeah, I think 3D printers 10 years from now, everybody, just everybody's going to have one. Yeah. Yeah, yes, without a doubt. So our D&D game. You remember like oh. watching old VCR movies and stuff? And oh, yeah. the funniest thing is like when then like the commercial would come up because you recorded something on TV mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, man, look at that commercial. It's like 20 years old or it's like 15 <laughs> years old. You know, and it's that, that's always fun to me, too. Yeah, that's great. Do you, either uh, of you still have a VCR? Uh, no, I don't believe so. If I do, I have no idea where it might be. <laughs> so no, I don't have one. Haley and I still have a combo DVD player slash VCR mm. that we haven't turned oh. on probably in like five years. We haven't turned it on, but I can't. I can't quite. Get, I mean, I, I think I'm gonna plug a. I have a couple VHS tapes left. I think I'm going to put one of those in the machine and it's just going to like spit out smoke. It's gonna, yeah. <laughs> nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yep. But I still have it. And it just like as like a nostalgia thing. Cause I love the era of the eighties horror film. And that was yeah. all about the VHS tape. And um, oh, yeah. for nostalgia's sake, I'm going to hold on to it for a little, at least a little while longer. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it really was. I man. And the, the cover art on those boxes Mm. It just grabbed your eye when you were looking through the aisles. I remember we had this little, um, it was like a liquor store slash video store up north that I used to go to with my grandfather (laughs) and uh, my uncle. Great combo. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, my uncle and I, he was a couple years older than me, and we'd just pour through like the horror section. And so we just, you know bring home that's when we got introduced to like hellraiser and scanners and uh all those great films so did you have one that you just rented over and over again uh yeah we've had some but then of course we were also able to copy some oh yeah the the double vhs uh, vcr Mm -hmm. going at the same time yep 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 and uh and a fun thing too was uh that's when MTV used to actually play videos. Oh, <laughs> so Back. so we would always record like uh, we record like 120 minutes or Headbangers Ball, and would record all our favorite videos. So uh, uh, you know, if they were playing some garbage that we didn't want to watch, you know, we just pop in one of those tapes and and, and, and rewatch what we had watched the other night and we really liked. That's so, cool. Oh yeah. For me, it was Tremors. I can't tell oh, you how many nice. times I rented that movie, but I rented yeah. that movie. I should have just bought it outright the first time, but I'm sure I rented it at least six or seven times. That, that first that Tremors was so good, though. Oh, oh man, it yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, classic. It yeah, oh, totally. yeah. Yep. Totally holds up. Oh, man. Good stuff. So our D&D game, I just want to... Yeah. Yeah, it's great that we're still getting it going. We just leveled up again. We leveled up to level six, and I just want to tell you guys what, what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm playing my paladin, my Oath of Conquest, lawful evil paladin. Mm-hmm. At level six, I'm going to multi-class. I'm going to take a level as a Hexblade Warlock. Oh, nice. Ooh. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. A flavor there. Yeah, now I'm going to have divine magic and arcane magic. Yeah. Gonna have a little bit of both. Gonna be like a a tank that can do a ton of damage. I'm really excited about it. 
Uh, that's going to be good fun. That's going to be good fun. Yeah, I went ahead. I took another level in Bard. So now I'm oh. split 3-3. Three, three, three. Oh, that's so. cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You get anything right. cool at level 3 as a Bard? You get- uh, I think I haven't dug in. Uh, I just I just upped my hit points at uh, that one game. But I believe I get to pick my uh, college. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. you, you get to have your, your Bardic specialization. Every, everybody yeah. gets some kind of specialization at level 3. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's awesome. So, yeah. So I'll I'll uh I'll be going through that. I'm gonna hit some of the alternate sources, see what else is out there. So kind of tailor tailor it to my needs. Lots nice. of really cool stuff. Yeah. How about you, Nicholas? Uh, I went sixth level in my uh, artificer. That is great uh, class. <laughs> which <laughs> that, that class is so much fun. <laughs> it, is. it is. There's so many things, and I just uh I couldn't imagine trying to split it with something else right now and try to keep it all like under control in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just built my homunculus servant for the first time, which yeah. is like basically my little droid. Um, what's his name? It, it's uh, he's, he's made out of a cauldron. He's like a cauldron with like longer feet and he's got like a walk, you know, pan on the top of his head. And um, <laughs> so I call him cauldron. <laughs> aka uh called drogo yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah so he's pretty cool um and there's something cool i can do with him i can do a like a channeling spell so i'm not sure i fully understand how to do it um but basically like i can cast a spell through him with a that has like the touch um range to it and um but he can be up to 120 feet away and i can do it oh wow so if i've got like a touch spell that i want to perform he can go run up in that direction and i can just use him to do it that's i don't really want to get that close so you know with like demogorgons and all this (laughs) you know crazy shit going all over the place like it'll be nice to you know be back a little bit and and be like, hey, buddy, here, touch him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, and then I think at sixth level, I get another slot for my artif my artificer infusions. So like right now, um, I uh, so I can have like all these things that I choose from. It's, so just it's just so much stuff. And basically, I can have up to six things that I can choose from, and I can have three of them active at a time. And mm-hmm. basically I, I use something and like the homunculus servant is one of them. I take a gem and I can use that to power something that I've created to, to be a little servant. And then like another thing is the bag of holding. So we've got the bag of holding that we're using and, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. So that's really cool. Can you make like magic weapons, like, like traditional weapons, like swords and axes? Yeah. So I, I, I can make those magical and give them like a plus one and all that kind of stuff. Is that a temporary or is that for like forever? It's forever until I do something else with it. Like until, so again, like like I can only have three things right now active at a time. So if I decide to make a fourth thing active, I have to take one of those other three away. So, so that's how, so it lasts forever until I decide to take it away. But it's not only for me, like, Right now, I've got the like the repeating shot as an option. Um, I took that one away to make the homunculus servant, um, but like I could, you know, power down the 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 servant and put repeating shot back on, and that essentially gives me a plus one crossbow. At, mm. 
I can that I don't need to reload. It just reloads itself. That's cool. So that means like I don't need to use my bonus action to reload, which means if I plop down my um my Eldritch cannon and use my um bonus action to shoot the cannon, I don't need to use my bonus action to reload the bow. Right. So you're you're your own like ranged army. Right. I'm just gonna castle in the corner <laughs> and hide. Cause after every time I shoot, I hide. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a tiny little goblin. I can't be out there. So no, it's uh yeah. So I can infuse it and then I can just toss it. You know, like I could take one of your, like I could take your great sword and mm. infuse it if I wanted to and give it whatever options I have available. Oh, I wouldn't, uh-huh. I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> Sure you would. Well, there's so, so many times. How long does that take? I say what? How, how long does that take? Uh, I have to do it over a, a long rest. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So I can switch things out over a long rest. I can change it over to something else. Very cool. So so valuable to have. Anytime we're facing off against ghosts or the demons, anything that uh, resists normal damage. Just just having that plus one on a weapon, all of a sudden now all that weapon's damage is going through instead of half damage like it is against most ghosts. Right, as we know so much from our last campaign. Yeah, yes. that's so brutal when you're only doing half damage. I know, <laughs> and too, like, I think I went that whole campaign up until, like, level 10 before I finally got a weapon <laughs> that had any yeah. magic qualities. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That that campaign was pretty brutal for um, just half damage against all the ghosts and the vampires and all those other things that resist normal damage. So that's yeah. our um, our D and D time. So we we mentioned two new books came out. Mark, have you had any like first impressions on the new Slanesh book? I'm I'm really in love with it. I really am. I. I I've always loved Slanesh. I never really got too much into the lore, like like in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they always reminded me of the Cenobites, you know, from Hellraiser. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> so, wept. to be a little, to, yeah, to be a little cinematic, and uh, uh, so so it always intrigued me. So I was like, ah, I'll, I, I got to get around to it. You know, maybe, maybe I'll make an army. And uh, so with this round, with this book that came out, I got it the first day. So I'm, I'm prodding through it. And, uh, oh, yeah, I just I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I can't put my finger on any one thing. That right. <laughs> I'm just really enjoying everything about it. Well, like so. the, the Daughters of Cain had their new release and they got three or two endless spells and one the endless prayer. But the mm-hmm. Slanesh, all those new box sets that came out. Yeah. 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 That uh, Lord of uh, Gluttony. Yeah, that's that, uh, yeah, that's really good. It's, uh, Sigvald is back. I want yes. that model. Yeah, that model I mean, looks awesome. Yeah, so incredible, and uh, just all the mortals. Yeah, they've got uh, archers now. Yeah, yeah, archers on uh, uh, the uh, steeds of Selenesh as well. Um, man, there's just so much, so much. I, yeah. I, I'm going to need a little bit more time to digest it all. So, because <laughs> you had the shadow and pain box, which I still have to get yeah. you your half. Mm-hmm. Um, but that had one new hero. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Lanesh gets a new hero. Daughters of Cain get a new hero. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the book came out and just yeah, I was like, bam, 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 huh? How about them apples? Yeah, they're all the Slanesh mortals look super cool yeah. with their like yeah. 
fancy armor. It, yeah. 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 They look so cool. And also I'm looking at it right now. I still have the uh, wrath and rapture uh, box set Ooh. as well. Cause I've been pulling uh, like my, uh, uh, my corn stuff from it, but all the slanesh is still there. So I'm going to start busting into that as well. Yeah. You're, you're ready. You've got, you've got some slanesh stuff to play with. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yep. Well, they and seem like I... a, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh, no. And I think I have an old box of uh, of uh, uh, Slanesh demons around here somewhere, too, to add to it. Awesome. Yeah, so much cool stuff. And this like seems like a good army. Like, if you were ever thinking about picking up an airbrush, not that you've got mm-hmm. it, don't have enough hobbies on the go, but like they yeah, seem like not. an army that like <laughs> could yeah. airbrush pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try the uh, the contrast paints. Oh, cool. This one. Yeah, especially with all the uh, the demonette flesh, I'm mm. thinking thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's so many good tactics, and yeah, that's a great idea doing the contrast paint. Yeah, particularly, particularly if you've got a new army you're just starting. Yeah, uh, where you just want to get it tabletop ready. It, and and that's my goal. If I can get it tabletop ready, you know, get it based, get a wash in there, use those contrasts. I think I'll be very happy. And I'll be able to play it on the table and then I can revisit it. So yeah, I think I'm going to go that route. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to like seeing it on the table and getting to play against you. Particularly when we can do that classic shadow and pain matchup. Daughters of Cain yeah, versus the Nash. That'll be fun. That'll be totally fine. So what about you? Oh, with the Daughters of Cain? Yeah. I'm, I'm more positive than negative about the book. There's some things they did that I, I'm not like too excited about. But in general, oh, really? like yeah. the okay. the prices came down, uh, not mm. all the the points, um, almost all the points that I care about came down. Not um, Sisters of Slaughter, unfortunately. I've got thirty Sisters of Slaughter that are just gonna probably keep collecting dust on the shelf for at least for the next little while. Uh, but the Witch Elves price came down. Okay. Um, and it used to be, they used to have that um, that benefit if you went with max size. So they used to be 120 points for 10. Yeah. And then you could get 300 or, or 30 for 300. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're just 100 for 10. So I, there's less incentive uh, mm-hmm. to go with the big block. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. There's little like uh, the, the Hag Queens came down in price. Slaughter Queens came down in price. The Cauldron of Blood, both versions of the Cauldron of Blood came down in price. The Blood Rack came down. I can fit a lot more in the list. But then, of course, Marathi went way up in points, but she got way more mm. powerful. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good trade-off then, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You get both models mm-hmm. on the table now yeah. for 600, where Not it used to bad. be, I want to say it used to be 480, and you used to have just one version at a time. Yeah. So basically, they kept the same price, but now you can have them both on the same the table at the same time like you got you you added a 120 point wizard to your army did it does that make sense what i'm yeah. trying to say oh so, yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah totally and, and she's great so i think overall like definitely it was a win for the daughters of kane the new book yeah there's one thing in particular that really irks me that teleporting is so important being able to summon things or teleport things around the table they have this one thing, the unit, the temple called Calebron. They have uh, an ability to teleport. At the end of your movement phase, you can teleport one unit anywhere on the table nine inches away. It cannot move in the following movement phase. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 
yeah, that one just irks me. <laughs> I'm hoping that gets some kind of FAQ. There's a long time to like sacrifice an entire second movement phase. I mean, you get to put mm-hmm. what you want where you want it to be, but not being able to move the next turn. Um, if you make a mistake and put it not in the best place, uh, like yeah. I did in this game against Nicholas not too long ago, it's just by. It's just pretty much it's gone for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I, I do have a question about that. Okay. Which I just thought about right now. Um, yeah, like it, it does suck that you can't just like, you know, move next, that next movement phase. So like, for example, you know, let's say you go to the bottom of one turn and you get a double and like that, that next turn to use with your double, let's say you decide to take it. It's not like you teleported one turn and then just moved on the objective the second turn or teleported one turn and then chart, you know, and then was able to move closer and then charge the next turn. Right. Right. So that's, yeah, that's where it's like, you don't get that extra sort of benefit for taking the double. Uh, and then if you don't take the double, then they, the other person gets their whole turn and then it comes back to you and then you still don't get to move. Yeah. Cause that's the next movement phase. That's a right? long part of the game. Like say it is like a long part of the game. Yeah. That's a really long time to not be able to move that potentially this big piece of your army. Uh, well, what I just thought not about was, um, the teleport probably is not technically a move, right? So you could move and then teleport. So depending on how the wording of it is, like, yeah, other, I mean, move and then teleport really doesn't help you, but teleport, then just teleport again the next turn. I've got that. I've got it right here. It says, uh, Masters of the Shadow Paths. You can use this command ability at the end of your movement phase. If you do so, pick one friendly Calebron unit wholly within 12 inches of a friendly Calebron hero that is a general. Remove that unit from the battlefield and set it up again anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches away from any enemy units. That unit cannot move in the next movement phase. Yeah. So then, so it's not a, that's technically not a move. That's just a setup. Yes. And so like, I guess, so you could try to like configure some sort of combo where, you know, let's say, let's say you have two heroes um, and I'm not sure if you can take like mirror, like mirror dance or something like that. Right. And then, like, you can you can teleport one turn, and then the next round, hero phase, mirror dance one of your heroes, if you have to, right next to that unit, give them all the buffs, and then teleport them again if you have to. So you could just keep, like, keep skipping teleporting this one it. unit around the board if you have to. It sounds like so there's some potential way. there. There might be some combos that are possible from it. Right. It, it, it just, you don't, you miss that sort of, like, teleport and then move on to the objective sort of combo yeah. that's very helpful in a in a teleporting option but potentially you know if it's just like a supporting unit that's just like you know a mess of archers that you just teleport them to get them in range right and then and then next turn teleport them back out of there and to somewhere else and then it sounds like that could be it it could be possible but it sounds like there would have to be a lot going right yeah to, in order to make that happen like you're dancing heroes all over the place and like i think it sounds like it'd be a lot that would be right it's still useful well, you like know, you could still put like a big tank you know a big tank unit like a like a block of 30 witch elves and do you even need to move them once they're in the center of the table right i mean you can still charge with them you just right you just can't move right but if you're if your opponent has some wiggle room where they can stay outside of decent charge range, right. your, your stuff just sits there. 
You know, right. if, if nobody comes within a foot of your unit, then your unit's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. Right. I mean, with 30 witch elves, if you did a conga line, you could technically just like, you could wrap around a whole unit if you wanted to. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like if somebody with their stupid boat just like lands right in the middle of the board, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then yes. you're just like, teleport. Boats. You got this nice like ring of 30 witch elves nine inches out, but like all the way around. <laughs> That'd be pretty slick. There, there's some, some tricky stuff you could probably do, but don't mention the boats. Cause the boats can just fly whenever they want. They don't have yeah. to wait for the next movement phase. They can just go whenever. Man, I know those guys suck. Stupid boats. The carriage and overlords. Like I, <laughs> I have to spend a command point to do that. Caleb run trick. And right. you can't move the following movement phase. Right. The boats just do it. Right. No command point. They can just do it. Yeah. And there's no limit and, on their movement the next turn. Right. So uh, that's that's my 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 gripe from the new book is that 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 they still can't touch the mobility of the KO. They just can't come close to touching it. Which, like you said, you know, we are in a bunch of ships that can fly, so we we should have a lot of mobility. But yeah, um, when you look at a system where you you spend points for stuff it does seem a little like it feels a little heavy-handed it does feel like like because this is this is a temple that you take and it's the only temple that gives you that that teleporting teleporting ability and it's just is one unit and it's a command point right to do it that's there's a pretty steep price compared to other armies that can just do it right you know you don't have to take a specialized temple necessarily you don't have to spend command points and no other teleportation ability makes you not able to move the next movement phase (laughs) (laughs) it's such a big tax it is it is a really big tax i'm not helping you uh come off your uh soapbox no (laughs) i'm just fueling the fire you're right. That does suck, doesn't it, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not just I'm both emotionally and financially deeply invested in the daughters of Cain, <laughs> and so um, I, I want them to be the the be all end all big bad that everybody has to worry about. Um, they they still got a lot of potential. But it, they take a lot of finesse to make that potential work. Mm. You know, I don't think they just, you can't just point and click. Yeah. With the, with the current Daughters of Cain book, you have to, you have to put some time in and, and figure out how all the different tools work together. Yeah. Hey, that's the fun of it, though. That's true. You know, and I, I think you can say that about a lot of armies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of armies that people might be frustrated with. You got to, Play around with it, see see what works. Yeah, and hopefully, if like this is Games Workshop's deal, there is their I don't know. They see it this way. I think it's their job as game designers to make the armies balanced. It shouldn't just yeah. be one army out there that's the one army or the four armies or whatever. Yeah, that are the best that's armies. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not fun for someone that spent you know five hundred dollars to buy an army and have it just unwinnable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, you know, the winning armies might not be, you know, everybody's cup of tea. They, they, 
you know? True. Yeah, maybe they they don't look good or they're not fun to paint. Not that there's yeah. any of them that don't look good for Games no. Workshop's models, but... But for that particular person, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm just not into this. Yeah. Well, but that's a winning army, but I just, don't want to play that, you know, just because it wins. I think, you know? uh, I think that that is Fire Slayers. <laughs> so, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that your army that you... no no like i think for people that's the fire slayers like oh, everybody yeah you know they're like it's a bunch of naked old long-haired grumpy people yeah you know like uh, <laughs> that's who i am in real years. life i don't want to be <laughs> <myself. laughs> no. they 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 took dwarves which are already short-limbed and they gave them all massive muscles that make yeah. all their limbs look even shorter because yeah. they're these like thick limbs to, to me that I, I, there's some stuff in the fire slayer range that look really awesome. But I think a right. lot of the fire slayers look like toddlers, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're just kind of waddling around. They're just learning to walk. Uh, that'd be, that'd be a fun mod on that army. There you go. <laughs> Take their axes yeah. and give them rattlers and, Little yeah, bottles and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. little curly cues instead of mohawks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those weird little baby bonnets. Put little baby <laughs> bonnets on them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but that's like one of the toughest armies in the game. Another one like, that has like great teleporting. They've got like they've got some shooting they can do with their thrown axes. It's not like a shooting army. But they can right. they can tunnel, you know, so they can kind of teleport around the table. Yep. They've got a big, cool looking dragon. They've got terrain. That's another thing. Terrain. And they have a they have a re rollable like five up feel no pain. Oh wow! <sighs> yeah. Dang. So like they're just and they're but so it's like one of these things like these naked these naked warriors are the toughest are one of the toughest armies in the game. Yeah. And I get that with the lore that they they in order to become these like Schwarzenegger dwarves, they right. they have had to like get that like the the gold tattoos or whatever they have they've got to have yeah. that uh, Urgold I think it's called where they you know that's made them magical they're they're like steroid dwarves, right? You know, and so they've they've got some magic to them. It's not like they're just uh, just regular old dwarves. Um, so that to me makes sense that they're kind of unkillable. It fits their lore, but then the yeah. you know hopefully that's reflected in the points too that they're you can't put as many on the table because they are that much more powerful. So that makes them rare, right? But I see a lot of people with KO armies taking um, allies uh, from the Fire Slayers. Do you see that? I mean, you did that with me the one time. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen some KO players do that. Um, and you know, uh, you know, um, one of the big players that was around here for a while, William, he, uh, he was running fire slayers and he took a, he took a KO frigate and, uh, as, as an ally. So he had this massive fire slayer army that's unkillable and this teleporting boat that just goes wherever it wants. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. So yeah, Daughters of Cain, Slanesh, new books, lots of fun stuff. I think um, at some point in the near future, we'll probably take a a deeper dive into what we like and what we don't like and um, get some more uh, 
more in-depth looks at the books. But yeah. uh, one big thing to talk about this week is that, Nicholas, you just played a two-game, five-game, or sorry, two-day, five-game tournament uh, over Tabletop Simulator. How'd that go? Um, it went really well. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. So break, uh, break it so... down. What what was the tournament? It was the uh, Battle of Copenhagen tournament, uh, which I think happens in Copenhagen every year. But um, this year it was online. So, you know, all these people from around the world are playing over TTS. And uh, it was a 50-person tournament. They capped it out at 50. And uh, it was five games, three on Saturday, two on Sunday, like, you know, typical five-game weekends. For me, being on the East Coast of the United States, uh, you know, in Copenhagen being that, like, GMT plus one time zone, that meant, like, 4 a.m. start time for me. Yeah, 10 a.m. Uh, their time. Each of those days. Yeah, 10 a.m. their time. And, uh, and you know, and then and then went throughout the day. So, honestly, that was actually really cool because, you know, I just, like, went to bed at the same time my daughter goes to bed, you know? So it was kind of like, you know, we were, like, buddies, you know, like, all right, bedtime. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I wake up and, uh, you know, start playing at 4 a.m. And and then I'm done, you know, like I still have half a day left. Whereas usually you go to these like five game tournament weekends and it's like, that's what you do all weekend. But it was like, hey, I'm done. I got a half a day. Now uh, I still have my weekend. So yeah. that was kind of cool. But anyway, um, five game weekend. Uh, I took my Cardron uh, Overlords, Barack Zilfin Army. Um, and uh, I, I run... Um, the Iron Sky Command, which is a battalion, um, and it's got like three heroes: engine master, chemist, navigator, um, an ironclad, and a unit of ten Arcanaut Company, three units of engine riggers, uh, six models per unit um, with their chainsaws, and and then each unit has a skyhook. A special weapon. And then I took two gun haulers to go with it. Um, and there's a unique, really kind of the only, you know, highlights of the artifacts. One of them is the spell in a bottle. So my chemist takes a spell in a bottle and then and then I take the warp lightning vortex like every Cardron Overlords, you know, player does, except for a few. You, so and you've taken in the so past, good. you've taken the Blazing Comet in the past, too, right? I have. And the Blazing Comet does really well. Similarly, it does two rounds of you know, attacks in, in, in the turn that you cast it. Um, it's just not as potent the second time around it is as it is the first time. So the first time you, when you plop the blazing comet down, uh, it's like a 10 inch radius. The second time you do it, it's a five inch radius. Right. And unlike um, the warp lightning vortex, which is the same the whole time, right? Which, unlike the warp lightning vortex, which is, you know, three different models that you put down oh. and it spans out, you know, every model is seven inches away from the other one. Mark, do you know how this one works? No, tell me about it. So you, you cast it, it you place it out 13 inches okay. from you within 13 inches. And then it has two other models that go out from there to create a perfect triangle of seven inches apart. So those have to, and they have to be seven inches. And so like, if you can't fit it, you know, then you can't place it there. Okay. So it does have a unique sort of space to it, but typically you can find a spot that works pretty well. 
and um, and then any model within six inches of one of those warp lightning vortexes um, takes on you roll a dice and on a four up they take d3 mortal wounds oh wow um, so if you could think about it you know you've got a you've got a model seven inches apart and then a six inch radius so so each way six inches right so that's 12 and then yep. seven that's a 19 inch 19 inch span oh like, my gosh right Insane. And, then, and then in the other direction so it's like you got this you know this giant range but the kicker is if a model is within six inches of two of the warp lightning vortexes mm-hmm. you add one you add one to the roll so oh. it's really on a three up they do d3 mortal wounds and then if the if the model is in range of three of all three of the warp lightning vortexes <laughs> you add two to the roll so that could be on a two up so anybody that's like right in the middle you roll on a two up they do d3 the finer final or not not the final kicker but the other kicker is if you roll a six it's d6 mortal wounds jeez <laughs> and then the final kicker is if you're within six inches of this model you cannot run oh wow okay so, so no getting away no getting away easy so if you think like oh next turn i'm just gonna like book it out of here nope oh wow <laughs> that's brutal slog through it especially yeah. if you're on the back end of it and all oh, the only way to go is you know through it all then uh so i mean if you if you place it well you can place it around like you know terrain pieces and stuff that just kind of forces people in a certain direction mm-hmm. and then they oh, just have to man. you know they're in it for two rounds yeah so you are so it, it hits you when it lands and then it goes off after every move phase so that's how you get hit twice in one turn is you cast it in the hero phase so once it drops you do all the, the these round of mortal wounds and then at the end of the movement phase it goes off again. It doesn't say the following movement phase or the next movement phase. It just well, says even if at it the is end the of every, every the movement next. phase. Yep, every movement phase. Because then if, if the opponent never, you know, dispels it, then it just stays there and keeps going off. So on the wow. turn you cast it, it happens twice. So the turn you cast it happens twice. Yeah, because it, it happens then, right away. And right. it doesn't say, like, only happens in the movement phase. So it happens twice. That is just so brutal. So if I were to let you go first and I take the the second turn and I happen to get a double, like if I had dropped it in that, you know, that first turn, it'll go off three times before you get a chance to get out of there. Oh, wow. Or do anything about it. Or do anything about it. Right. Because the chemist, it, it, it's an auto cast. Mm-hmm. You can't unbind it. All right. So go, yeah, going off three times. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not leaving. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it can be, you know, fairly devastating. Um, there's some things that have come up that, um, you know, I think are situ- very situational that hurts you in casting it, but it would be things that hurt everybody in casting their their stuff. Really, it's just such a good combo. It's just like for people, it's just like, unless you have another spell that's going to like really improve this way that you're going to play the army, yeah. Why not? You oh, know? Yeah. Like, well, it's a hundred points, right? It's eighty points. It's only <laughs> I, that's the other thing. The Everblaze Comet is 
a hundred points. So, yeah. so of course I'm like, well, it's not an of course. The thing is, the Everblaze Comet is a thirty-six inch range. So I do. So the 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 way that this works is if you take Barack Zilfin, which is the Skyport that gives it gives you a free move in the hero it gives you once once a battle you get a free move in the hero phase so that's where in the hero phase you you know you've got your chemist he's inside your ship so you move your ship and you can fly high so you fly anywhere on the board so what do you do you drop nine inches away from him and that's how in the first turn you know once you You've deployed all your guys thinking, I'm going to get all these buffs off because they're like within range of my heroes, yada, yada, yada. So then I so then let's say I go first. I'll just zoom my ship up there in the hero phase, drop this this, uh, um, you know, the spell right right there over top of you. And then I can fly away in my move phase. Wow. So I can be a total dick and just be like, hello, <laughs> drop and then just like shoot away if I want to. I could zoom all the way back to the other side of the board and do nothing for the rest of that round. <laughs> if I, you know what I mean? Like, which would probably be smart in some cases, but, um, you know, anyway. Yeah, uh, and it's not, yeah. it's not you being a dick. Games Workshop made this game it, 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 to not take the punch, particularly yeah. if you're in a tournament or prepping for a tournament. You know, you have, you have to, it, it's war. You know what I mean? Right. The potential for you to be able to do so much, that one move in a hero phase opens up a potential. And I'll tell you about it in my fifth game. There like there was like a lot of potential unlocked there. And in a lot of my game, like was in the, like in a lot of my games. But um, uh, typically I let people go first. But sometimes if I see the opportunity, I'll, I'll go first. And you can do that because you've got like a what three drop army, three drop army. So most often I'm I'm deciding if I go first or not, and you know which is a good decision because, and and really if somebody drops before me and makes me go first, it's still not a bad choice. Like if I decide and I see an opening, I can do a lot of damage, or I have the ability to kind of hang back, and it's not going to hurt me for later on in the game because I can move anywhere. So, yeah, it's it's uh, a super, super powerful combo. Yeah, it is. Doff, we were talking about the spell in a bottle. Mark, do you know how yeah. that one works? Yeah, that's just, uh, no, that one, continue. These that, are fascinating. That The spell in the bottle is an artifact that the KO can take where they can pick any endless spell and just auto cast it. Okay, I don't want, I don't want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, and you can't, it, it's auto cast and it, and it, and it removes any restrictions. Oh my so gosh, what? that's so we were just talking about the warp lightning vortex, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's only castable by Skaven. But because yeah. of this artifact, it says I can take any endless spell, no matter the restriction, and cast it. Oh, so man. so yeah. And that's why people take the Barak Zilfin Skyport, is because that one move in the hero phase, and it's just it's just a deadly combo. And then because the KO say when your ship flies high or moves, uh your your balloon guys can go with it. Okay. They kind of like latch on and you know, care, you know, and 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 float along. Yeah, right. So when when you do this hero phase, fly high and zoom across the board to cast your spell, all your balloon boys can go with it. So 
basically your hero phase move. You can pick up your biggest ship with all the people inside, with all the balloons around it, fly right to, the, to their front lines, cast this spell, and then, you know, during your move phase, you can... You can fly away or you can move at that point from there. Oh, so, man. Yeah. So it, it, it it's it's a deadly combo. It does put you right in front of their front lines. So, of course, it's a really risky move if you don't do what you want to do. You know what okay. I mean? Because yep, then it's yep, like, yep. you know, I've never wanted to be nine inches away from 30 witch elves. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the yeah, nice thing. You can, you can just cast that spell and leave. Right. I can cast the spell and leave and make sure I'm not nine inches away. But if I try to get, get a little trickier and think I'm fancy, you know, things could go wrong if the dice yeah, don't wow. go my way. It's a particularly so. deadly combo for the way I used to run my witch elves because they had to they were totally dependent on their distance to the cauldron of blood mm -hmm. so you have to clump yeah. do you know what i mean yeah and, right. and clumping with that with anything that does area of effect is is never going to be good right um it's just a, a way to play the army that's just if you can't play that way right yeah so anyway yeah so that's my list um you know i gave the 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 big ship the battering ram um you know, that does mortal wounds on a charge. Basically, if you roll, you know, your charge roll, you take that number and you take as many dice and you roll it and you on a four up, you do a mortal wound. So if I do yeah. like a nine inch charge, you know, I might get like four, five mortal wounds out of it. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And that's right at the top of the combat. And then the ship drops some bombs right at the top of there. Um, like right at the top of the combat phase. So, so yeah, there's some mortal wounds coming to you if my ship gets into combat. But again, that's tricky because I don't always want my ship to get in combat. Yeah, no, you um, want to just stick and move. Usually I want to stick and move. So that's typically like, a, hey, I need to take this out. I think I can do this. Let's do this, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and then you got a chance. So I kind of was able to play with that over the weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had five games, um, game one, what happened? Game one that was against Zinch and conflagration allegiance or something like that. What do they call it? Basically, um, a minus one to shoot all of his guys. And, um, and so that already I'm like, uh, minus one to shoot is just, it's a bad place for me to, for me to be being a shooting army. Um, and he, uh, we were playing, um, focal points and so he kind of put everything right in the middle on his deployment put his guys towards the back he's got a bunch of flamers and some pinks and some unit of pink whores and so he put so he knows his flamers are the thing and so he puts them all the way on the back line he puts his his pink horrors always all, all the way up on the front line and then he has his heroes he had like a lord of change and a fate weaver kind of back right in front of the flamers kind of near this terrain piece because um we were playing in like shayish or something that has like nullification so every terrain piece says on nullification if you like cast a spell or an endless spell it's like immediately you know within an inch of this terrain piece it's like immediately um dispelled or un unbind did whatever okay. it was. so he's like yeah come at me bro with your warp lightning vortex and uh it's going to be immediately you know dispelled if you try to get the meat of my army right here so he just it was like a great it was a great thing for him to be able to set up around for my sort of like alpha strike 
right? Yeah. And the and, and the thing with you know Zinch is like the pink horrors, ten pink horrors. It's a fifty wound unit because pink horrors are ten. Then when they die, you put down two blues for every pink. So ten pinks turn into twenty blues. So that's another twenty wounds. So now you got thirty wounds. And then for every blue that dies, you put it down a brimstone horror, and those are a wound piece. So now you have twenty brimstone. So that's another twenty. So you that's fifty wounds of 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 a unit in ten guys. And so um he uh so I didn't like my odds in trying to get in there and get him. So I I let him go first. And he moved into his positions with his pinks in focal points. There's like, you know, two objectives to your left and your right, and one in the middle, and then one on the opponent's side, left and right. And so he kind of moved his pinks onto those objectives, which is good because once I start killing them, they just keep multiplying. And so yeah, sure. he has five guys on an objective. By the time I kill those five guys, he's got ten guys on the objective, right? Mm. And then and then if I tried to charge him, he's just gonna bring more guys in on the pile in. So it's like I gotta be careful with how I deal with the pinks. And that's his that's the reason you take them. It, they're they're a brilliant model. I love the way that they designed that unit as far as the rules go. Like it's just really unique. And um, except for when I'm playing a tournament and I'm trying to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that that's honestly why I play because it's so much fun and it makes me really think. And like I've, I've I'm sitting here like you know first game of the tournament like racking my brain how am I going to beat this guy and uh so he just and and he just keeps his flamers he doesn't like I think you get like a free teleportation with the zinch every round and he didn't teleport anybody significant he just I think he teleported. Yeah, I think he teleported like pinks from one side to the other side or something like that. It was like it was like it wasn't like like for him, it was like where he wanted to position and and screen me out. But he didn't bring up his flamers and he didn't try to shoot me or anything like that. So then I'm like, like all, all I want to do is get to his flamers because that's where like the damage is the damage dealers are right. If I can deal with the damage dealers at the beginning of the game, then I can spend the rest of the game just trying to take the objectives away from you. So, um, so then, you know, first round was really quick. And then I think I moved in and I, I took the middle one from him cause I dropped, you know, I dropped in my 10 Arcanaut guys and they ran in and, and they took it. And, and so, uh, and then I think round two, um, you know, he went first again and, um, and then I went and I decided like, all right, here's my, here, here's my, my chance. Here's my time. Oh no. Let, let me take a step back. I actually went beginning of the game. I think he dropped fewer than me and made me go first. He was a two drop army. He made me go first. I decided not to go for the alpha. I played it safe. Cause I was like, be patient, Nicholas, be patient. And then, and then he went right. So I, I, I took the three or I took some of the objectives. He took some objectives, turn two or uh, turn one. We go to turn two. Um, I go at the top and I decide, okay, this is my time. Maybe this is my chance. Like try to hit him now. Try to just at least like soften him up, like, and not spend everything. Just, just take part of my army up there and just try to soften him up. So I did my thing. I did my move in the hero phase. I pulled, pushed out my warp lightning vortexes. I didn't quite be able to get around as much as I wanted to. I killed just, and then, and then like, I'm like, oh crap. Like I have to do damage to these pinks with the warp lightning vortex and the, the warp lightning vortex just starts going off and i start killing his pinks and he just starts putting more blues on that objective that i tried to take and i'm like ah oh, man you know because i tried to take his his objective up in the corner because i was like this will be a this will be a good move i tie him up he's gonna have to focus on me i'm gonna have you know this points lead and it didn't work he just started killing off his pinks and putting his blues down and i was like oh, no and then the next round of warp lightning goes off and i'm like no I, I hate <laughs> it's, this it's worse and worse <laughs> 
And so you just, you know, kept putting more blues down. And before he knew it, like he had 10 guys on the objective and oh wow, you know, I had like nine guys on the objective and it was uh-uh. like, well, that was a fail. And then I don't want to charge him because then I pull myself even further into his people. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes and he goes bottom of two and his flamers come out at that point and he just deletes my ironclad. Oh, wow. And then he just deletes my engine rigger unit. And then he got the double. And then he deleted my general that was there. My chemist comes out of the boat, he kills my chemist. And then it was just a slow, slow sort of burn from there as he just started to, you know, move out from there. Because at that point, it was just about starting to take other objectives. And so my turn to sort of like be patient and strike did not work. And uh, so that was game one. And the, the guy played it perfect. Like every screen he did was the right distance. Every like he 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 put the move in the right place. He shot the right unit, the first unit, all that kind of stuff. It was just like it felt like I really, really like fucked up. And um, anyway, so he 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 beats me bad the first game. Um, but he had some advice for you, right? So he did. So we talked about it afterwards. We kind of chatted about it. And he was like, yeah, he was like, you should have, he's like, you should have just gone for my Lord of Change right at the top. Just shot it right in there, put everything at it, kill him. And he's like, and then, you know, I'm kind of crippled for the rest of the game. Yeah, I can respond with my flamers, but they're not going to be as potent. My movement's not going to be as potent. My buffs aren't going to be as potent. Um, and he's like, yeah, you should have just, you should have just shot up there and, you know, did what you could with the warp lightning, sh- killed him killed whatever else you could in range and then, you know, get out of there and then slowly take me out for the rest of the game. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's good, you know, and, and, uh, so we go into the second game, I played iron jaws and it was this like MSU brute list. It was like eight, five man brute units and, you know, two war chanters, two shaman, weird knobs, fungoid shaman and and a mega boss and um this mega was boss on uh, a mock crusher or mega boss on no, foot just on foot and so i took the um i took uh i let him go first um um let me take a step back i like to let people go first but i think i may have gone first again i think i went first because yeah. he the way that the the way that the it's like one of those diagonal deployments where oh, okay it's like you know the corner fourth and the other corner fourth you know yeah and um and so he was just all deployed right at the front just ready to run up you know what i mean like just ready to unleash and so i think so i said i'll go first because i was like i can put that warp lightning vortex in there and i can probably hit almost every unit down no (laughs) and i did except for the fungoid that he put way in the back to keep me from dropping behind him so um so i went first i dropped the warp lightning vortex down i mean i you know he had like i said the eight the eight units of brutes like uh you know two chanders two weird knobs mega boss so that's like 13 units that i was able to hit with the warp lightning vortex twice wow that's so ugly if you don't know what to expect with that vortex it is it'll just kick you in the nuts yeah but these brutes got a lot of wounds right and every time you wound them they do d6 movement so then all of a sudden he's starting to break up because at the end of the hero phase he's like all right these guys move d6 these guys move d6 and i'm like oh no what's what have I unleashed here? <laughs> you triggered there's like this it. Hidden thing that I'm just like, oof, uh oh, <laughs> no, warp lightning vortex, don't go off, don't go off. Because you know? <laughs> like if I kill one brute, or if I do like, let's say I do D3 mortal wounds and I do one wound to a, 
a unit of five brutes, it's like, what? Who cares, right? There's one <laughs> brute tagged on, but now that brute unit gets to move five inches or something. So I was all of a sudden worried because I went first. So he has potential for to, to double me. I don't want to give him all this like movement at the front. Anyway, so I, I kind of shift. I didn't kill. I didn't hurt anybody over to this one side. So none of those units moved. So I was like, they're the farthest away from this ob- other objective. Oh, yeah. So I move, I move that whole, I basically move my whole army in the movement phase over to that side. Like the entire army, except for my 10 Arcanauts that I kept in the backfield on my objective in the backfield. And um, so I swung over to the left and I just pummeled that side. I just put everything. I think I killed 70 wounds worth of brutes that first. <laughs> it was like... I and that's just, not like, including uh, your vortex, right? No, yeah, including my vortex. Okay. Like I did just seventy wound, like seven, like I took off seventy wounds of brutes, and because the warp lightning vortex went off again, right at the end of the movement phase, and then I just spent the whole um, shooting phase just shooting, 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 shooting. Almost everything was in range, because again, he kept being able to move with the D six, so he started to move some people out away from the vortex, and then he's moving them right into my gun line. So like I just kept shooting and, and then I charged with a, a couple of units. Um, the charge thing probably wasn't the best idea because um, that kind of put me vulnerable when it was his turn to start moving things around. Yeah. And uh, so I should have stayed tight, kind of kept my castle. Yeah. Sort of like. But anyway, he goes um, his turn and he was able to kind of get a bunch of units into combat on that side because, again, after I did my whole shooting phase, he got to move another D6 inches. So he had like almost all of his army able to move three D6 in the first turn. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they weren't runs, so he could move. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so he got a bunch of guys into combat um, his first turn, and then I ended up winning the double, which was good, so that I could like kind of kill off everything else. By the end of turn two, it was pretty much done. We played through turn three, but it was I kind of just kind of picked... A little bit. He had like a couple of brute units left over on the other side, but that was about it. And I, I, I had lost, you know, a fair amount of like engine riggers, but but that was I on that charge to... you didn't need to make, right? Say that again. You said that was on the charge you didn't need to make. Um, I didn't need to make. Oh, I, I just meant on my my first turn. Um, I shouldn't have charged. Yeah, but I did, and so I lost a few riggers there. His turn, he charged me, killed off a bunch of my riggers. You round two, I'm still locked in combat. He killed off some more riggers. You know what I mean? But by that time, I was able to have like shot and fought everything else off, except for a couple units of brutes on the other side. So, um, so really, all I, I lost that game were some rigger units. Um, not too bad. So yeah, not too bad. Um, those are there to 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 be in the way. So, so yeah, so I won, I won that, that second game. Third game was against, um, Daughters Kane and another MSU list. It was like, uh, four witch elf units of 10, two sisters of slaughters of 10, two, uh, harpy units, uh, and the shadow stalkers and two allopexes. He allied in those shark models with the net launchers, right? Yep. With the net launchers. Hmm. And then he had like um, two cauldrons, two medusas, oh. and well, did he have two? Um, what which cauldrons did he have? One of each. Okay, and well, then the medusas. No, he, he had one with the cane statue on top, and then he had another. He had a blood blood rack shrine, hag queen one. Yeah. 
Oh, well, there's the, the three types of chariots. There's the Slaughter Queen on a Cauldron of Blood, the Hag Queen on a Cauldron of Blood, and the Blood Rack Shrine. Okay. So, yeah, he had one that had, like, a big statue of Cain on it. Uh-huh. And then he had another one with a bunch of witch elves on it. Um, not the one with the Medusa. Not the one with the Medusa. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's the one where I decided to let him go first because I kind of wanted him. He didn't really, like deploy anywhere that was like really good for me to put the warp lightning vortex he really spread out you know and so i was like yeah i'll I'll let him go first i want to see him i want to i want to let him make the first mistake so so then he's like okay so he goes he teleports a medusa from what from another medusa he does the mirror dance right there onto my objective right in front of me which i wasn't on because i was like kind of deployed in the back because i was like i need to play safe I don't want to give him any blah, blah, you know, like any, yeah. any space. Anyway, he deploys right there. He throws out the Viper and like kills my chemist. So no warp lightning vortex for that, ah. for that game. So that's the thing. Like if he kills my, if, if my chemist dies before I get the warp lightning vortex off, that's 170 points gone right there. Wow. So, so I was like, okay, all right, all right. This is, this is going great. And, uh, and then he just kind of moves everything. And he, I think he takes all six objectives because it was Blade's Edge, the one where you like they're close to the middle. There's three on each side, but yeah. they're close to the middle. And each uh, starting with round two, whoever goes second at the beginning of the round, they can they can take away one of the objectives. So although there's six, they just keep going away. And uh, um, so he took all six objectives the first turn. And I was like, OK, <laughs> going great. Right. Like he's got. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like eight points top of turn one. And uh, so I was like, okay, all right. And so then I start to move in and basically I just kind of like do like a spear tip where I just like, I kind of pushed everything in right to the middle and, and then kind of just opened up the middle. And when I did that, I was able to like focus on the right side and kind of just start shooting everything away from the right side. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, turn two, um, he still had a little bit over there on the right. He kind of came in, he he charged with his cauldron and, you know, deleted a a unit of rigors. I was able to kind of just continue shooting that side, took out the cauldron, took out the Sisters of Slaughters over there. Um, I had deleted one of his objectives on that side to kind of force him to move into me or to move away from me. Um, But, uh, and then... And then I, and then his other cauldron came up the other side, uh, that had gone into another unit of rigors that he deleted. So, um, I basically turned everything to the left and kind of like took out that side. And then his shadow stalker is kind of like just teleport right onto, to another objective. And because he did that, he got an extra point. So the next turn I had to turn and delete those guys Hmm. and then take it. But because he did that, we tied points at the end and, um, yeah, how they handle tiebreakers. They go by um, like units. I think it's like units deleted. I think you go by auxiliaries and then by units deleted. Oh, you did. And, there oh, were auxiliaries in this tournament. There were. Yep. And so I had gotten all the auxiliaries. So I won. I won a minor victory, but I also got all the auxiliaries. So I still got 16 points for that round because like a minor victory is like 12. Yeah. And like 12 points instead of 16. And then I got all four auxiliary points. So then I went up to 16. So it was kind of like having won a, a major without getting any auxiliaries. So, um, so I won the set. So I, so I won that second game. I did charge the cauldron with my boat at the very end to just kind of land a few mortal wounds. So that's like an, it, 
it's a nice little option to be like, okay, I'll charge my boat if I want to do like yeah. four more. Things. You know what I mean? Turns it into a so, chariot. Yeah. So, um, so it was like just enough to kind of like take it off the table. Third game was, so that was the third game that en- ended the first day. I was two and one felt pretty happy. Well, I, I look at the guy, I kept kind of talking to the guy that I had played at the beginning, the very first game. Mm-hmm. Cause I look over and he's like three and oh, just like, oh. kicking butt. And I'm like, all right, man, like, great job. And he's like, checked in with me. And I was like, yeah, I'm two and one. And he's like, oh, great job. So um, we go into day two. And uh, fourth game was against Beasts of Chaos. Mm. I'd played Beasts of Chaos once before. And Beasts of Chaos, um, they're a one drop army. Like, whatever it is that they take, they're like one drop. Wow. And or maybe their battalions are just like that good yeah, because neat. he was one drop. And their thing is you can deploy half of your units in the ambush or in in the in the wilderness or whatever. And then you can ambush the first round. You have to bring them on six inches from the edge. And so he puts like half his guys, but he's he was running Beast of Chaos. His list was with a bunch of those disc, the Zangors on discs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. They're yeah. Kind of which I never played right? against. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I was like, cool. Like, this is awesome. Like, I've never played against these guys. And they, man, they do shred. Like, he, and they move like crazy. So wh- whatever kind of combos he had set up, he had this thing from his, his like, goat shaman that, like, he could give uh, people in his area, like, plus three movement. And so he had, like, this unit of centaurs that moved, like, 22 inches because of that. Then he, then his Zangor discs moved, like, 19 inches. And then... Like, so he was able to get all of the objectives. It was another one where there were like six objectives, but they were like um, diagonal this time. And it it's the one that's, uh, what is it called? Like Total Conquest, where um, you choose you choose one of your um, objectives, and that one's the special one. And if they take it, they get extra points. So they get like three points if they take your primary objective. But you okay. you you get to choose which is your primary objective, but your opponent gets to you know try and go for it. So anyway, so he he takes like half his discs and all his centaurs, and he just charges right into the one that I chose, and he just was able to like pile in enough guys during combat, took out my Arcanaut ten ten guys on the arc like my ten guy Arcanaut unit that I was using as a shield. He just mm-hmm. wiped them out like no problem. He just like breathed on them with those discs, and they fell over. <laughs> And uh, they, they they just do an insane amount of attacks, and so so he took the objective. So that that's where so this is a tricky part with the warp lightning vortex. So that's where I my turn. I'm like okay, again he takes all six objectives. He has one two three four five. He has eight points at the top. So I'm going. So I'm like okay. So I, I go on to the I go into the object or I go into the first turn. I put like most of my stuff over there where he just took it, and then I saved like like he had another like six discs like on my other objective and um like kind of straddling the two the other two objectives. So I took most of my stuff and I went over to the one side. That's where I brought my big boat. I dropped the warp lightning vortex around all his stuff right there. I made sure my guys were just out of reach of the warp lightning vortex, but I'm like, I've dropped this right over one of my objectives. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I still have to leave somebody back here to take it at the end. I start just doing some damage. I start taking all of those guys out movement phase. I'm like, Ooh, I need to move my guys into shooting range. Da, 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 da. 
come to the end of the movement phase, I just moved like my whole rigor unit and one of my boats like right into the range of the warp warp lightning vortex. So now I'm doing damage to myself because I moved too close. So that's the thing you got to watch out is you can't like cast it and then jump into where you just cast it. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, so I took everybody out on that objective and I just kind of sweeped to the left because that was like my rightmost objective. So then I just kind of sweeped to the left. I took out all of his guys that were like right on my side, like all of his discs. I took out some of the guys that had like come in on the ambush. Like it was just a really good round of shooting. And uh, and I, I did have to charge one unit of riggers into his discs to kind of finish him off. I have one boat that has like a mini ram. You know, it's got some torpedoes that once per battle I can on a two up do D6 mortal wounds on the charge. I charged that in to kind of help take out the discs. The guy was just defeated. He was like, you just killed like 1,200 points of my army. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Bottom of one. And, <laughs> and um, KO's not overpowered. No. But, I mean, he did like move everybody in, in into like my range. Yeah, but you can move um, everything into his range. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I... If if I don't have to fly high, I can get more people in range to shoot because mm. there are a lot of pistols and stuff that are like nine inch range. Um, yeah, but most of those guys died. So yeah, I mean you're right. They were all they were all within. I would have been able to do that with fly high too. Yeah, he didn't so, have much of a shot. So, um, so then it just took a couple like a few more turns. He did try to do some tricks where he brought in like a like a cockatrice, like in my backfield. Yeah, but because of my navigator, I was able to keep casting half movement on him. Oh, nice. I hate that spell. That that spell. <laughs> I'm definitely calling it a spell. It's a spell you don't have to roll for. It's like a prayer. I, I do have to roll. You for do it. have to roll for it. It's, it's a three up. Okay. Do you know and, how this uh, works, Mark? Uh, no, explain it. So the navigator, um, mm-hmm. can create like this little storm, basically like a little black cloud over top of you to make you sad. All right. And um, <laughs> and on a three up, he makes a, a flying model like a flying uh, unit half movement. And on a six, he does half movement and D three mortal wounds. Oh wow! So, okay. Um, he he summoned this cockatrice to try and take some of my back objectives that I was leaving from. All right, All right, sure. Flying away from as I was moving across the board. And so I, I kind of kept him stopping him because uh, like two two rounds in a row, I cast or I I uh, I, I put that ability on him and wow. it went off and his cockatrice was like half movement. So and then because of the warp lightning vortex or he had cast an endless spell on me, he casted uh, the Geminid. No, and yeah. Geminids, which was, you know, which sucked. But. I was able to move them during my turn. Mm-hmm. So I positioned the Geminids so that even if he did run with his cockatrice, he wouldn't have been able to get onto the objective because he would have hit the Geminids. <laughs> Great. So I'm sure he wasn't too happy about that, but I didn't really have anybody that I wanted to. So I was like, nah, I, I, I won't try to dispel those. I'll keep those. Around. Um, anyway, so, so that was game four and I kind of just moved through and, and just, uh, took over all the objectives by the end. So I had one, um, I think it was like 18 two. we both took an, an, an auxiliary and denied oh. each other. 
auxiliary. So he got a couple of points out of that. Um, and then game five. So um, game five, another Zinch player. Oh, how are you, how are you feeling about this? I mean, you've he not only up had, some good wins. He yeah, going into had this. some good wins. I'm going in, and I'm like, I can finish four and one, which mm-hmm. would be like badass. Oh, or yeah. I can finish three and two, which is not bad. It's winning, you know. It's it's That's a decent for sure. Yeah. And I will not, you know, I, I, I will not uh, um, scoff at that by any means. So I go into the last one and it's Zinch. Not only does he have a Lord of Change, he also has Kairos, which is like the named Lord of Change. And then he has a mounted like Manticore and he has Bellacore. Oh, jeez. And right. I'm like, holy shit. Like, what am I going to do to this guy? And he has his, you know, two unit of pinks. So Bellacore, do you know how Bellacore works? Yes. I so don't. he can like, yeah. Okay. So he, he can choose one at the beginning of the game. He writes down on a piece of paper digitally in this case. And, and at any time in the game, once per game, he can reveal this during my hero phase and it'll have the name of a unit on it. That unit is now marked for that turn. And, uh, he can't, um, like any time he wants to move, shoot, fight, charge, uh, you know, cast spells, whatever, all of those actions, he has to roll a dice and on a five up, he can do it. And if he doesn't get a five up, he can't do it. He Who just does nothing. Who'd he mark? So I'm like, well, he's going to mark my ironclad, right? Like, that's the thing. And uh, so, but then I remember I played the Zinch player and he was like, you should have just zoomed in there and killed my Lord of Change. Well, I'm like, okay. But not only do I have to worry about Lord of Change, he also has Kairos and he also has a mana core, but he doesn't have Conflagration, which is the minus one to hit. So I'm like, okay. And he doesn't have Flamers. So, okay. And... And if I don't go, he had some like uh, he had the spell umbral portals, whatever, and yeah. he could like put those out, and then from there cast an eighteen inch spell. So he had like a thirty eight inch reach, which would have gotten my ironclad, which would have killed my chemist if he wanted to, which would have made my warp lightning vortex go away. And I was like, I'm not about to like not use my warp lightning vortex on this Zinch guy, like. So I risked my whole army basically because I didn't want to lose my chemist, and. Uh, and so I'm like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, I'm going to take first turn. And um, so because I can, so my hero phase, I decide to fly. I'm like, I'm coming for you, Kairos. And and his mana core and Kairos were like right next to each other. So I like zoomed out and um, I don't have to roll on Bellacore because the fly high is just an ability. It's not a move. So, and, and he was like, oh yeah. He's like, you can totally fly high. He's like, but if you move, you'll have to roll. And so I was like, okay, so I fly high, I drop down, put down the warp, warp lightning vortex. It goes off. I kill. I, I do some damage. Oh, I did like, I got the D six on his mana core and I did oh, six. Wow. Mana oh, core. Man. His mana core right off the bat oh, is like man. half dead. Woo. Kairos. I put a few wounds on not, I think I put like two wounds on Kairos and maybe like, like, and then again, I started hurting the pinks. And they started turning into blues. And I'm like, oh, crap. But this is and still then, you're just a spell, right? Yeah. So then um, we go to movement phase. And I'm like, this is it. Alpha strike. But I don't want to, like, put everybody together because of these spells he had. He had, like, the demon rift. And the mm-hmm. demon rift, he's like, I can just fly this around and then drop it behind you. And, like, it has flown over everybody. Mm. 
And it basically does the same thing. It's like multiple D3s and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, Alpha Strike, I'm going to come in, but in kind of like this V formation. And so I drop, you know, a bunch of guys off at the front, right? When I did the fly high, I put out my Arcanauts right on his, oh, it was a border war, which is the one where like your objective is worth one, but if your opponent takes it, it's worth four. Yeah. You know, and then the ones on the outside in the middle are two. And uh, so I jump, I drop all the Arcanauts right off onto his objective. Um, I leave all my, I, I leave my riggers and my here and my uh, general there. And on your back uh, objective? No, no, on his object. Like when yeah. I flew, flew high to drop off the warp lightning vortex, I was like, I'm leaving these guys here because I'm going to take his objective and I'm going to shoot the crap out of his Kairos and Manicore. And hope I killed. And uh, he was too far away to get uh, lookout, sir. And it's not conflagration. So there's no minus to hit these guys. So I drop everything there. Um, I take, I fly high the ironclad over to one of the other objectives. I drop off like one of the boats kind of in between, right? And then I drop one of my other boats and riggers over on the other objective. Um, oh, and, and I left my chemist on the back objective because he hopped out of the boat and just tagged the back objective. Hmm. So I had all the objectives. I had this nice. deep formation so that if it, he went, he had to kind of choose which way he goes. He can't just cover everybody. And so it comes down to the shooting phase. And he's like, and he had flipped, oh, I'm sorry. He had flipped over the card at the beginning of my hero phase, and it was the ironclad. So I, I assumed, correct. Yeah. So ironclad's under the effects of Belcor. So here it is. Shooting phase, does the ironclad shoot? I roll my dice and I got a five up. And I was like, yeah. He's like, Bellacor, he's like, all day, you're failing me. Like, why do I take you? And and so the ironclad gets to shoot. So I put like, you know, all my long shots into Kairos and I put like all my other shots into Kairos. I put all these other shots into the Manicore. I take the Manicore out. Yeah. Kairos is down to like one wound, maybe two. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I got nothing left. And, um, but I have all objectives. Oh, but it's my charge phase. My balloons are 11 inches away from Kairos. Oh. And I'm like, hey, it's a shot. And I was like, it's a shot. I was like, dwarves wouldn't, dwarves wouldn't let this chance go. They would do it. So I like rolled it. And I got an 11. And I was no. like, yeah. <laughs> so they jump in there. They slice Kyro, Kairos up. And uh, and his next turn, so he goes his next turn, and he just tries to move in. He does, he kills off like half my Arcanauts. He kills off most, you know, like half of that engine rigger unit that went into Kairos. He did some damage to uh, maybe one of my other engine rigger units. That was about it. And then it came down to like the double and he was like, if I get, if I get the double, he's like, you know, I can do a significant amount of damage and then I'm still in the game. He's like, if you get the double or if you get priority here, he's like, I'm wasted. There's, there's no way. And he was right. Cause I just had everybody right there. Yeah. So uh, we rolled priority and I got a five and he got a four. So I was like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> so like, that was the game where if you ever come away from a game and you're like, if only those like, come on, it's like a 50, 50 chance, right? That like those roles go my way and not his way. Right. So that was one of those games where it was like, they all just went my way. And, 
it just felt good. It felt good to just commit, and then it felt good that all the roles just went my way. Yeah. Because yeah. when I do the commit and they don't go my way, I go, well, that was my fault, but it was worth the shot. But when they go your way, you're just like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you just feel like the fireworks are going off behind you, and you're just Love like it. hammering For- away at the guitar. Yeah, fortune truly favored the bold in that one. So, um, and then I look over, and the guy I played the first game won- wins the tournament. I'm like, oh, all right. So the guy that kicked my ass the first game, he just won the tournament. That's oh, well, geez. Yeah, that's decent. <laughs> yeah. But that's awesome. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. A big commitment, too. Five games starting at 4 a.m. both days. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. My body was a little like unsure of what was going on. <laughs> so when you play TTS tournaments, you don't get the back pain of like leaning over a table all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> You're just that's ass- nice. I'm sitting down all, all weekend. <laughs> you gotta get one of those standing desks. Yeah, I do, but I don't. Only only for uh, tournament weekends, though. It's the only time you need a standing desk. Exactly. Yeah, I need to like, I just need to make one. You know, just get my saw horses out and make a standing <laughs> desk for the weekend. Yeah, that's it. Or, or just prep effect. the desk that you have, put them on a bunch of cinder blocks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Florida standing desk. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Proper. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I That's awesome, man. Awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, so four and one, I made top eight. There were only, uh, there was one guy that went five and oh, who won the tournament. And then there was uh, eight of us that went uh, four and one. So, oh, wow. Um, and I was number eight in the, you know, I was top eight, including the, you know, the, the guy that won. So gotcha. they didn't do a second or third place thing. Uh, no, they did. Um, they did uh, like best in Grand Alliance kind of thing. Okay. Um, I mean, they did have a second and third place. They did. Uh, it goes by strength of schedule at that point. Gotcha. So um, the second place was Zinch, and the third place was Ko. Gotcha. So there were three KO in the top eight. Wow. And three Zinch, top too, nine. right? Sorry, top nine. Uh, yeah, top eight or nine was three KO. Yeah. Three KO. Yeah, and a couple Zinch, right? Couple Zinch, KO, yeah. uh, three KO. There I, was... saw, I saw Blades of Corn in there, too. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy that was playing Blades of Corn. Yep. Um, How can you be in there and not have any shooting? Or teleporting, right? Yeah. Well, the blades can summon. So yeah, they can, they can summon. Yep. And yeah. he had Archeon. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, that was in the list. As a game changer. Yeah, a lot of people playing Archeon this uh, yeah, this round. There was a lot of Archeon matchups. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, so it was Zinch, Zinch, KO, Blades of Corn, Seraphon was fifth. Nurgle was six, and then KO seven, KO eight, and then Zinch again, number nine, and then Bone Reapers ten. So the top ten, top ten had three Zinch, three KO, Corn, Nurgle, and Seraphon, mm. and Bone Reapers. Bone Reapers. Yeah. Um, and then the eleventh place was KO. So four of the five KO players made top eleven. Wow, pretty impressive. Yeah. 
That's great, man. Congratulations again. Yeah, Thanks. definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of yeah, fun. Glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was uh, a <clears throat> fun weekend. Good group of people. So, no language barriers. Um, no, not really. Um, there was one game. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I don't think it was. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it, it was. You know, we the the guy that won, I think, is from like Finland, but he spoke great English. And the last guy that I played was Zinch. I think he was Danish. He was one of the tournament organizers, and he he spoke pretty good. So, yeah, it was all great. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, thanks, thanks all those guys for learning English so we can all participate. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. So there's another um, one coming up, right? On the 27th of March. Yeah. There is like a three gamer one. Yep, a three game one, one day. And that one I think is another British one, maybe. It's GMT plus one. Um, and uh, what was that one called? Grand Hammer, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So I think there's a few spots left for it. It's filling up. I think he's going to cap it at 64 players. And I think they just hit 50 today. Okay. So they still got a little time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Mark, what, you, you going you gonna to jump in and play? That weekend I will not be available. All right. Did you already sign up for it, Nicholas? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. I, I saw that you signed up for it too, right? I haven't uh, like put my name in the list yet. Was I showing oh, up as I put my name in the list? Maybe I didn't. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw you joined the Discord. I did but... join the Discord. Okay. Um, but you didn't actually like sign up for the, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where the, to sign up. I haven't signed up yet. The, oh, like the tabletop TO site. I don't yeah. think you did. I don't see it. All right. I'll shoot you the link and you should sign up on there. Okay. Probably. If, if I'll probably do it. If you're going to do it. I, I do want to do it. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it. All right. You should. I've, I've, yeah. Yeah. All right. This is me committing. That's okay. it. We 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 got you on tape. Yep. It's recorded. Of course, I'm the one that edits it, so I can take this whole section out. <laughs> You're Damn right. It. Nobody will know. Yeah. <laughs> it's only on what tape if I about? want it on tape. Right. Exactly. Keeper of the keys. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that's awesome, man. So yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was good. So, um, it would, do you, if you do it, you think you're going to do, uh, daughters? I'm just such a one trick pony that, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I could do a big wah and, mm-hmm. but I, it just won't be the same fun if I don't bring Marathi. It's just no fun without Marathi there. I know she's so good. Yeah. yeah. I love the way she plays. So like I feel like Daughters of Cain can have like players can have a totally different tournament experience. They can be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not like actually like playing to win the game. We just want to see if we can kill most of your army with Marathi. <laughs> <laughs> just let, let I, I just sit back, Marathi does some work. Right. It's yeah. like how many how many, you know, can I get past the fifty percent mark of your army with Marathi? And just, if you can, like those are bonus points. 
Like there's a whole nother pool. There's a whole nother ladder going on, you know, the daughters <laughs> of Cain people that are just like, Marathi killed everybody. Yay. <laughs> so, yep. And again, like I think this guy charged like 10 witch elves into one of my units it's the same thing. It's like I go back and forth with this with Daughters of Cain. It's like, there they are. Do I shoot the cauldron or do I shoot the 30 witches? Oh, yeah. And it's like everybody's like, shoot the cauldron. And I'm like, I could. It's a minus one to hit because of lookout, okay. sir. And then I think there's like an artifact you can take where there's another minus one to hit, right? Yeah, there is. So I think I've played against you where they're like minus two to hit the cauldron. And I'm like... Or you, yeah, Caleb Brun, you get minus three to hit. Yeah. So it's like, or do I just try and put everything into these witches, right? And then it's just a cauldron. I mean, a cauldron's still a cauldron. It's still gonna kick your ass. But, yeah, it's it's pretty nasty. But I've done it before where I've killed twenty of the thirty witches and I go, Meh, there's only nine or there's only ten left. Like I did my job, and then ten run into my line and they do like yeah. forty attacks. And then re-rolling, re-rolling, re-rolls, and then re-rolling the re-rolls, and then, you know, and then I'm dead. So, so it's like ten witch elves are still potent. Yeah, can't complain about that. Nope, that's uh, pretty good. Where whereas I can run ten arcanauts into your line and be like, I did zero. <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> so the, yeah but the shooting is really where the the KO shine so yeah um all right so yeah. daughters of Cain I I thought about changing maybe trying something else I think I should stick with KO just because you know give myself a few few tournaments with KO you know really try yeah. to like play him out expand um, everybody always says like, you know, what's the nasty list that you could take with t tabletop simulator because you don't actually have to buy the models. Right. Right. You just bring whatever you can find. Right. So there's people bringing like an army of like 15 cockatrices or like <laughs> 10 hydras, you know, different things or it's just like crazy, crazy models. So yeah, I, I saw like, that, that one guy had a night haunt list that was like 10 units of five blade geists. Yeah. It was just like all these blade geists, just five unit of blade geists. Just cover the entire table in blade geists. Yeah. Um, right. Like I, who has who who has that many blade geists? <laughs> yeah, I do like the freedom of it that you're not you're not stuck just with what you already own. You can play whatever you want because it's all there for free on Tabletop Simulator. You just um, just copy over the files right and play whatever you want i think that's great because then you yeah. can try stuff out you know, yeah before you commit yeah. like if you want to run two rogue idols or something like that you know in a bone splitters army and you can yeah because you don't have to buy them from forge world you just copy and paste right there yeah <laughs> very good awesome but anyway that was good it was a good weekend. All right, fellas. I think we've come to the end of yet another Warlando episode. Thank you both very much for being here and doing this. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. 
Thanks for hosting us, Adam, and editing the podcasts and making them sound <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's my pleasure. <laughs> and I can't wait until we can have all three of us back in the same house. Oh, my God. I know. It's going to be dangerous. I really think it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be a not lot of because... pent up energy. Exactly. And it's not like, you know, sort of like a sexual pent up energy. <laughs> but <laughs> speak for yourself. More like, <laughs> well, yeah, speak for myself. That would be. <laughs> Adam, Adam, get off my leg. Right. <laughs> but I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> yes, I think that um I think that once we are in the clear, I think there's definitely gonna be some like serious Waldo's. gaming that's going to be happening. Some wall some of those Lagunitas Waldo's IPAs that like oh, God. make you go blind, they're so potent. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some like some hardcore gaming weekends, hopefully in the near future. Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be good. Yeah. Looking forward to those days. Yeah. Agreed. So what do we say when COVID's a thing in the past? (laughs) (laughs) This has been an episode of Warlando. Please remember to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening.